Hello, my fellow Catholics and friends. This is the Informed Catholic, and my name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 151 of the Informed Catholic of 2020. And today we have another article from LifeSite News. It is an opinion piece by Mary Ann Kritzer. We just did an article by her, again, an opinion piece. This one is a letter. Dear Bishop, Father Altman deserves your praise, not your threats, for telling Catholics they can't be Democrats. All right, this is going to be a great one. Before we begin, please subscribe and share uh, my podcast. If you like my podcast, uh, please recommend it to your friends, your family members, Um, I don't advertise, so word of mouth helps a great deal, and it lets um, all the podcast platform, including um, Spotify, Anchor, and uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, that people do like this kind of podcast. It would be a great help. So um, let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Church and Terror of Demons, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. Tom, um, Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. Augustine, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. The drama continues. Father James Altman uh, from La Crosse, Wisconsin, who made that fantastic uh, video, that YouTube video that has gone viral all over the United States, and I'm going to take a guess around the world. Uh, You see, God raises up good, holy people to speak up. The Holy Spirit will will not be stifled. These um, bishops, I'm afraid, I mean, I don't want to say hopeless. Everybody has an opportunity to convert and change. But I'm afraid that the Vatican II Church is not the uh, Trinitine Church. It's not. These men are so far removed from the ancient teachings of the church fathers. I mean, it's true. I mean, the other day, uh, Michael Voris himself said it. And uh, I mean, you know, that these guys just hate the old theology. And I think it was also, it might have been, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall. They don't want to talk about Thomas Aquinas. They don't want to talk about uh, the old Trinitine Mass. They don't want to talk about the old theology. They don't want to talk about it. These things 
they don't want to talk about because they what they did was in order to accomplish what they did, they had to reinvent to come up with an, uh, a man-made church. I am not saying that the sacraments are invalid and nor am I saying that the that uh, the Catholic Church is invalid. I'm saying that we have a church in captivity, in hostage. All right? The Mass is still valid. The sacraments are still valid. But the, the this particular Novus Ordo Church, I'm beginning to question its validity. Look at the mess that we're in. Look how weak the Church is in. Archbishop Vigano himself pointed out that we wouldn't have had any of this mess if, you know, he points back to Vatican II. Once Vatican II happened, these guys hijacked everything. They, they, they rewrote all the, I mean, they, they created a whole new church. The articles of Vatican II, some of them are great, some of them are beautiful, but a lot, there's, a, there's some ambiguity in them and they need to be fixed. The Norris Ordo, I think, can still the uh, the new mass can still be done beautifully, if it was done in Latin and facing uh, at Orientum. Right. Instead, it's like Dr. Taylor Marshall said, the priest in the Norris Ordo mass is a DJ. He can, you know, do you know pick you know make this prayer longer, make it shorter. Put a little zest in it if he thinks the audience, the audience is bored, and he can you know instead or maybe he can just simple simply stream right right through it because he doesn't want to continue it. He 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 needs to get someplace. He wants to go play golf. Right? It's it's you know it's it's obvious it's obvious, you know there's a problem, and Vigano is pointing out to something that these guys don't want to talk about. Even um, Father Robert Barron, when he's being questioned by this, you notice his face turns stone cold. It's a conversation he doesn't want to talk about. I mean, you talk about Joe Biden, Joe Biden and uh, receiving Holy Communion, you know, when he supports abortion. Right. And then you have someone like Cardinal Dolan. Saying I wouldn't have I wouldn't have held communion from him. Do they believe in the real presence of our Lord? This whole Norris Odo Church does a great injustice to the body and blood and soul divinity of our Lord. The sacrament, the most holy, holy, holy thing, has been reduced to potato chips. I mean, there's a, there's one about a a, a priest. That's really abusing the mass. I mean, I, I, you know, he's he's like a psychopath, I think. And students complain about his improper behavior, and no one stops him. You know, if you give out communion to politicians that do not respect life and do not respect Catholic teaching, if you hand over the body and blood and soul divinity of our Lord to these politicians. What does that say about your theology? What does that say about your you know, about you, how you look on Jesus Christ? What does that say about you? And what does that say about your church? 
Is it your church or is it his church? That's the problem here. And this is something nobody wants to talk about. Not even the most conservative Norris Ordo, John Paul II Catholic, wants to talk about this. They don't want to talk about it. Even the Benedict XVI, the John Paul Benedict XVI uh, uh, Catholic, the most conservative ones, have a problem with this, and they don't want to talk about it because it, they don't like where it leads. Well, you know what? It's like Jim Caviezel said. Nobody wanted to talk about the war in World War II, about you know about the possibility of war, but at some point the bombs started falling. All right, let's start with the article. Okay, so this is again by Mary Ann Kritzer. Opinion, it's her opinion. A letter to a letter to uh, Bishop uh, Callahan. Dear Bishop Callahan, Father Altman deserves your praise, not threats, for telling Catholics they can't be Democrats. Tens of thousands of Catholics are anxiously and prayerfully watching this situation. We beg you to withdraw all threats from Father Altman. By Mary Ann Kritzer. Editor's note, the following is an open letter from Mary Ann Kritzer, president of Catholic Media Coalition, to Bishop William Patrick Callahan, Callahan, I'm sorry, Bishop of La Crosse, Wisconsin, regarding, regarding his uh, threat of canonical penalties to Father James Altman after the priest released a video saying, you can't be Catholic and a Democrat. The letter was sent to the bishop on September 15th, 2020, Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. September 17th, 2020, Your Excellency, I am an Orthodox Catholic who has spent my entire adult life fighting for babies waiting to be born, sidewalk counseling outside abortion facilities, offering shelter home for moms in crisis, even, even going to jail several times for rescue attempts as president of the Catholic Media Coalition. I speak for many like-minded Catholics who deplore the attack on Holy Mother Church and those who defend her. Many of our members have watched and listened to the edifying sermons by Father James Altman and remarked on what a blessing he must be to his bishop for speaking the truth with clarity and charity about the moral obligations of Catholics, particularly our shepherds, to defend intrinsic moral issues. Very good. So I was mystified by your public statement rebuking and threatening Father Altman for his imp uh, impassionate defense of the faith as he warned Catholics not to endanger their souls by embracing the Democratic Party of death and perversion. Your actions brought to mind Diderot von Hildebrand's statement in the uh, devastated vineyard. Here she quotes Dietrich uh, von Hildebrand. It's most especially infuriating when certain bishops who themselves show this lethargy toward heretics assume a rigorously authoritarian attitude towards those believers 
who are fighting for orthodoxy and who are thus doing what the bishops ought to be doing themselves. The drivel of the heretics, both priests and laymen, is tolerated, but they want to silence the faithful believer who takes up the cause of orthodoxy, the very people who should by all rights be the joy of the bishops' hearts, their consolation, a source of strength for overcoming their own lethargy. Instead, these people are regarded as disturbers of the peace, and should it, and should it happen that they get carried away in their zeal and, and express themselves in their tactless or exaggerated manners, they are even suspended. This, is, this clearly shows the cowardice which is hidden behind the bishops, failure to use their authority. Very good, very good. Okay, let's continue. Sadly, Your Excellency, your statement could have been the source spurring von Hildebrandt's lament. I reread your statement several times, and frankly, it was appalled. I was appalled. First, by you by your releasing a public statement while claiming to follow the biblical admi uh, admission to go to your brother pr privately. Your actions contradicted your words. Second, by your, by your acknowledging the undeniable truth of Father Altman's message while ultimately dismissing it, he defended fundamental non-negotiable church doctrines, while you, on the other hand, focused on his tone. Beautiful. Third, by your threatening canonical penalties for his delivery and tone. Threats based on, not on canon, canon law, but your personal opinion. I can only imagine what you think of the tone of Jesus himself, calling the entire group of Pharisees and Sadducees blind guides, white sepulchers filled with dead men's bones, filled with evil and and iniquity, Matthew chapter 25. Was Jesus divisive, uncharitable, and lacking in virtue? Very good. She's good. Whew. Fourth, by calling his genera uh, generalization and condemnation of entire groups of people completely inappropriate and not in keeping with our values of the life of virtue. That's simply nonsense. The church has always banned Catholics from joining the, the Masons since their beliefs are incompatible with church doctrine, and at one time it brought a penalty of excommunication. Does it, re, does it still? And then there are those entire groups of people who commit uh, aborticide or secure or aid in procurement of, of, of abortion who are automatically excommunicated. I wonder... Would you have any problem with the generalization and condemnation of those who joined the KKK, ISIS, or the Satanic Temple? The Democrats officially embraced diabolical evil in their party platform. Catholics, do, Catholics can't do that without endangering their souls. It is charitable and spiritual work of mercy to warn them and exhort them to repentance. Your Excellency, I wonder how much the pressure from progressives has influenced your actions, which brings me once again to von Hildebrand's description of the lethargy of the guardians. 
For they, the bishops, have nothing to fear from the Orthodox. The Orthodox do not control the mass media or the press. They are not the representatives of public opinion. And because of their submission to ecclesiastical authority, the fighters for orthodoxy will never be as aggressive as the so-called progressives. If they are reprimanded or disciplined, their bishops run no risk of being attacked by the liberal press and being defamed as reactionary. Father Altman deserves your praise, not threats to see the error of his ways and take steps to correct his behavior and heal the wound he has inflicted on the body of Christ. Your Excellency, it's n- it is not Father Altman who has inflicted a wound on the body of Christ, but you. We have had half a century of dialogue with Catholics, especially Catholic politicians who scandalize the faithful by promoting child killing, sexual immorality, perversion, and other intrinsic evils to allow and even promote confusion. It is grievous wound indeed. And that is why that, and that is what you have done. I'm going to read it one more time. This is good. Father Altman deserves your praise, not threats to see the error of his ways and to take steps to correct his behavior and heal the wound he has inflicted on the body of Christ. Your Excellency, it is not Father Altman who has inflicted a wound on the body of Christ, but you. We have had a half a century of dialogue with Catholics, especially Catholic politicians who scandalize the faithful by promoting child killing, sexual immorality, perversion, and other intrinsic evils. To allow and even promote confusion is a grievous wound indeed, and this and that is what you have done. Tens of thousands of Catholics are anxiously and prayerfully watching this situation. We beg you to withdraw all threats from Father Altman, restore permission for him to live stream masses, including his excellent Catholic sermons. I love it. She capitalized Catholic, the entire word. (laughs) Wow. He blows the trumpet to warn those hastening to destruction. If you silence his voice, you take away your seat with the you take you take your seat with cowardly bench of english bishops who chose to who chose the apostasy of henry VIII over the truth of faith she is good wow this woman is a fighter they remain silent as their one faithful brother bishop john fisher saint john fisher was condemned and beheaded Please spare the flock the painful scandal of watching you imi- uh, uh, imitate them. I would appreciate I, I would appreciate the courtesy of a response to this letter, letting the faithful know the penalties, if any, you plan to levy on Father Altman, has canonical right as a pastor, and many of us will gladly support those writes with both our prayers and our pocketbooks. I'm sure many of the tens of thousands of faithful Catholics signing the LifeSite News petition in father in, in support of Father Altman will happily contribute to his defense. Hear, hear. We will also be praying for you, Your Excellency. 
that you do not inflict a further wound on the church. It would be a scandal of masses, massive appro- appro- uh, proportions to, pre- to persecute a faithful son for speaking the truth in his, in his zeal to save souls. I hope saving souls is your goal as well. Sometimes that requires boldly speaking the hard truth. Sincerely in Christ, Mary Ann Kritzer, President of Catholic Media Coalition. Wow. This woman is good. She she knows how to how to write a letter. Oh boy, fantastic. Wow, I'm going to play an audio uh here from LifeSite News. So give me a moment. Okay, here we go. away that just speaks volumes about how hungry people are for the truth so many people 
that it's even empowering our priests as well. I am a parishioner of St. James. Uh, in addition to that, I actually work at St. James. <laughs> so uh, I have a, a twofold relationship with the church and with Father Altman. Um, he is an incredibly humble man. You know, I think this whole thing really uh, mystifies him. You know, mystifies all of us. You know, we're a small church, a very close, you know, knit kind of family. Uh, and um, it, it's just not something we expected. So we are extremely grateful. And uh, I was shocked to see people here from, I mean, goodness, Puerto Rico and uh, Colorado and Chicago and all these places. These people really believe in the power of God. And that's what's amazing about it. And we prayed the rosary. And we just, we just want... Um, you know, a peaceful resolution and and uh, something that really edifies the whole church in the end. Father James Altman is um, a courageous, and I, I know him personally, and I know he's one of the most humble men I've ever met in my life. Bottom line is he loves, loves, loves his flock. And so, like a good shepherd, if he sees the wolves uh, invading, he sounds the warning alarm. And that might come off as fiery, full of passion. Some might receive it as anger. I think those who don't like his message receive it that way. But certainly all of us did not. Uh, we saw it as, uh, you know, I, I said to the crowd today, I said, when I first saw it, I said, everything in my being said, finally. Finally, someone with such passion, fiery passion, is speaking directly to um, you know, what's going on in the, in the church and in the world. And, and so we're so eternally grateful to him Okay. That, um, they have here all the, uh, pretty much just the, uh, the words, the same thing with the people said, so I'm not gonna, um, read all of it, but I mean, the fact that one woman refers to him as a modern day John the Baptist, because John the Baptist spoke up against, uh, Herod Antipas, Herod Antipas took his brother's wife and, you know, Jesus, when they were up on the mountain during the transfiguration and he told his apostles not to say anything and they asked him, well, how come they said that Elijah must come first? And he said, Elijah must come first and did come first. And they did with him whatever they felt like doing. And he, they realized he was talking about John the Baptist, because John the Baptist just recently got beheaded, murdered. And the fact remains is that they they planned it. They planned to get rid of John the Baptist on Herod's birthday. And they used Herodias. And Herodias used her daughter to kill the Baptist, to to make the king, because then she knew the king lusted after her daughter. And she took that opportunity to make him swear because he, he would give her anything if she would dance for him. And she came to her mother and asked her, what should I ask? And she said, ask him for the head of John the Baptist. And the high priests, the Pharisees and whatever, all the people, they used that opportunity to get rid of John the Baptist. It wasn't a spontaneous moment. It was a plan to get rid of him and they knew they they knew the king the king's weakness Herod Antipas's weakness and that was his lust for the for the for the uh, the daughter of Herodias, but you know he spoke the truth and people believed in him, and people were listening to John the Baptist and they did not want 
uh, someone like him there because it made it exposed their evil, the evil of the hierarchy in those days, which were the corrupt religious hierarchy. And like we have now, we have a corrupt religious hierarchy who's putting its money, his hand out for money. And that's what this uh, fellow that spoke uh, with uh, uh, Michael Voris is that they're using this, you know, they got trapped. They got trapped in their own greed. They can't, they don't longer preach the truth anymore because they put their hands out for federal grants and they're addicted to the money. And so therefore, like our Lord said, you cannot serve God and money. You will love one hate the other, cling to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And just like Judas Iscariot put his hand out for 30 pieces of silver, these men have done the same thing where they are stifling the Holy Spirit. I think we're about to see the fall of the Novosoto Church and the return of, of, of Christ's true church, which is the, the church, that, the, the true liturgy. It's not gone. It's just suppressed. It's just that the, the church is being held hostage, hostage by evil men. Not all of them, but some of them. And it's great. I mean, this is this seeing this is really great. It says the Catholic culture is coming back. The Catholic faith is coming back. And I think we're going to see this possibly, I think, um, hopefully, by the end of this, I would love to say at the end of this of this pontificate of Francis, because Francis' pontificate revealed serious, serious problems in this Nova Soda church. I mean, now, according to Taylor Marshall, they're talking about re redoing the, the Nova Soto mass. I mean, I hate to say what they're going to come up with, because it seems like they keep pushing to the point where it's no longer recognizably Catholic. I mean, it's barely recognizably Catholic now. All right. Uh, I'm going to end it here. Uh, this was great. Hopefully we'll, um, I'll do another one tomorrow. Um, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm not too tired. I have my responsibilities. I got to do when I get home from work, might the end of the work week. I finally have Saturday and Sundays off, but um, hopefully I can get to keep it. My job doesn't take it away because you know, there's a lot of shortage and they might have to change people's schedule. And I hope uh, I've been there long enough. I hope I can get to keep it uh, because it's really unbelievable that I get to have the weekends off uh, only because of global pandemic that shut half the planet down. Unbelievable. All right. So uh, God bless, and uh, we'll be together again soon, all right? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless you.